Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brendan Black, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the career of an ag teacher. And here to help us with an inside look himself is uh, Mr. Dave Catano. Hello, Brendan. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Very good. Very good. So uh, you want to give our audience a little bit of an introduction as to who you are? Well, uh, my name is Dave Catano. I'm an ag teacher for the Torrey High School District, uh, and this is my 40th year uh, teaching ag. And, and uh, so at all 40 years uh, at Tulare High School, I was uh, born and raised in Kingsburg, mm-hmm. uh, graduated from Kingsburg High School, went to Reedley College, went to Fresno State, uh, got my master's from Concordia. So it's uh, a lot of years of, <laughs> of uh, learning a lot of stuff, but uh, probably some of the best stuff I ever learned has been you know, from the actual uh you know participation hands-on uh, education that goes on from year to year awesome and uh from what i understand you're going to be leaving us pretty soon here you're getting ready to retire is that yeah right? I, will, I will be retiring at the end of this this school year and uh and uh it's it's uh, it's not that i don't enjoy the job and i'm still having a lot of fun but uh it just may be time uh, right. 40 years in a classroom is a long time <laughs> uh, i'm still going to do some work for the for the district i will be uh uh, continuing with the eighth grade educational ag educational program that I started th- you know, three years ago, and mm. that thing has exploded. And so uh, my my wife and I uh, are kind of both going to tag team, and she'll be retiring as well. And so uh, we're going to tag team that thing a little bit and continue it for the high school district. And I think it's a it's a wonderful uh, program that really uh, kind of gets the junior high level kids at least somewhat exposed to agriculture and the importance that it plays in their lives. And then. Uh, you know, my obviously my goal and, and plan is to make sure that it's a direct connection right to the high school ag program mm-hmm. that the kids are aware that, hey, if I like this, I can go to the next level. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, you, you, you hit the nail on the head talking about, you know, the, the, you know, the importance of talking to these, these middle school kids and kind of getting at them young. Um, this is a kind of a newer program as, as you're uh, explaining. What was kind of your inspiration for starting up this eighth grade or middle school ag program? Well, it's, it, there, there have been middle school ag programs that are actually FFA programs uh, across the nation. The FFA has a program that, that uh, the discovery program that actually kind of gets that going. Mm-hmm. But this was more generated by uh, a grant, the CTE grant that came from the state of California. Mm-hmm. And our district applied for the grant, received it, and then one of the things we were able to do was was uh, tie into uh, with the ag program. The funding was available there to uh, share some of those monies with uh, the junior high programs. So the junior high uh, programs, junior high schools, took advantage of that, and uh, and by having that funding, we've been able to build gardens and and do some of the you know the things that that uh, can aid and assist those teachers at those mm-hmm. schools because each of the schools has an actual teacher teaching ag uh, they may not all be credentialed ag teachers but they're they're interested and they're doing a, a magnificent job and uh, we we have seen the benefits of those kids coming in directly into our program that our kids that, that probably wouldn't be taking ag right now if it wasn't for the exposure they got from that eighth grade program so that's why i think it's such a, a beneficial program i mean we are we are at 900 kids right now and and uh, i think that you know uh, a number of those kids are here you know, based on, on the exposure they got or the, the experiences they had mm-hmm. in that eighth grade class. Awesome. Um, so that kind of brings me into another question I, I was uh, going to ask, which is over your four years of teaching, what exactly, um, what major changes have you seen uh, take place in, in the ag classroom, whether it be in the middle school or in the high school level that have, you know, that you've seen been pretty significant? Well, in 40 years, I mean, you have to understand that when I started, <laughs> it was the 1970s. Right. You know, and it's, and it's 2019. So, um, 
there's there's been a, a, a massive transformation. The one thing that has changed, you know, that hasn't changed, it seems that you know the the, the, the pendulum in education swings and it'll swing all the way over one direction and all the way over to another direction. Right now, the pendulum is swung to the very positive direction of of, of career technical education, vocational education, and, and, and of course that means ag education. And uh, you know our elected officials understand the value, or at least they seem to be understanding the value of that. You know maybe not every kid's going to go to uh, a major university and get an education. We still need people that are going to you know roll up their sleeves and get you know get their hands there a little bit. And so in 40 years, I've seen that pendulum swing. You know both directions, and some where we were fighting like crazy just to save our programs. Mm. But uh, you know the things that have changed is uh, obviously. The, there's a greater disconnect now more than ever uh, with students coming into high school that don't have any real understanding of of how their food and fiber is produced, mm. and that is uh, it's it's almost an epidemic proportion, and not just you know here at Tulare, uh, it, it's 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 nationwide. In some cases, I almost think worldwide, but nationwide for sure. Yeah. Um, and the, the problem is, is that even in a community like Tulare, which is basically it's an ag-based community, right. we we have a tremendous number of kids that have no clue as to how their food is being produced. You know what's involved, even though they can't hardly you know walk out of the door of their house mm-hmm. and go you know five minutes from their house and be right smack dab in the middle of agriculture. Right. And so that part of it alone is scary. If you get into the metropolitan areas, the large cities in the country, where people just have no clue. Uh, than their food comes from a grocery store. Uh, it's a real challenge. It's, yeah. it's a huge challenge, and it's, it's something that agriculture uh, is aware of. I, I don't think that you know, it's anything you know, great and profound that I just came up with. It's, it's been something that's been there for a long time. You know, in, in 40 years, I've seen that, uh, you know, that gap grow you know, from you know, some to uh, just a tremendous amount right now. Um, you know, and, and of course, the biggest the biggest change that I see right now, and I don't know if it's a good or bad change, I haven't really quite, you know, got a full handle on it yet, is, is the the massive change in communication technology. Mm. Um, you know, this podcast is a great example. <laughs> uh, you know, when I first started teaching, there was very, 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 very little use of computers, uh, almost none. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you you know you don't get up in the morning without you know having to check a computer for something. Right. And and iPhones and all the rest of that. You know I think you know a lot of it obviously is good. It's made the world a smaller place. Uh, the connectivity between you know you know people all over the the planet uh, is good. But I also think sometimes it's made us a little bit lazy. Mm. And uh, and it, it just it creates a whole another element of challenge to teachers. Yep. Um, you know it, it, if you know I. You know, in the past, if I had to discipline a student, it was, you know, if they said, you know, something foolish or, you know, did something foolish. You know, that's one thing. Now, if they say or do something foolish, it could be, you know, uh, put uh, online and, and you know, thousands and thousands of people will see the same stupid, foolish thing or right. hear the same stupid, foolish thing. So, you know, it, it's, it's a real challenge not only for, you know, for education and for ag teachers, but for parents and, and just society in general. I think it's... It's obviously one thing's not going to go away. It's only going to continue to get you know more entrenched into society and lives, and uh, you know I you know I I would like to think that we're going to use it for the greater good of all mankind, uh, but you know it's 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 another you know facet of life that as educators we have to understand that we have to be able to to deal with and control and and uh, as much as possible. But it, it certainly is the biggest change I've seen. 
the bottom line is though as far as kids kids still want to learn i think for the mm -hmm. most part i think you know there's there's some students that you know get a little bit lazy i think and there's there is a uh, there is almost a degree of entitlement uh, by society today and i don't know if it's just young people but uh you know sometimes that that hard work ethic is is kind of lost a little bit mm. uh it's not as prevalent as it was when i first started you know i mean there's still i think a lot of people that want to get to work and, and get after it and and uh, appreciate the value of hard work but it's more it needs to be constantly reinforced that that is an important aspect of success in life is going to be hard work you right. know you, you know uh, there's it's just no getting around it and uh, you know you, I mean, there are those fortunate few that have something dumped in their lap, but for the most part, you know, the, you still have to work hard to achieve things. Right. No, definitely. I agree. And I kind of like to go back to um, one of the things you said about um, how we have such a massive population of Americans right now that know little to nothing about where the food comes from. I mean, I think it's somewhere around 72% of Americans don't, you know, they think their food just shows up in a grocery store. Um, what do you think that us in the agriculture world, and especially us going into ag education, can do to try to win back some of that population if we can? Well, I think it's bigger than just the ag education. I, I think it's 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 the ag industry as a whole. Mm. I, I think it's it's you know our elected officials. I think it's you know just society in general. I mean, people are there are there is a, a large segment of society that is is concerned about how their food and fiber is being produced, but it's the resources they go to to find out about that. Right. I, that's almost the bigger issue. The bigger issue isn't so much that, yeah, if people don't know, there are avenues that they can learn about it. But the problem is, is there's a lot of negative, you know, direction they can go with, with uh, you know, groups and, and organizations out there that have a political agenda. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is, is that, you know, we are, the, the agricultural system in the United States is the most sophisticated and most advanced system in the world. Mm -hmm. And we have the safest food system in the world, unless they, you know, and people have to understand that, you know, agriculturalists and farmers in general aren't going to do anything to harm, uh, you know, the consuming public. They're not going to do anything to harm the environment, uh, at least not intentionally. Right. Uh, because that's what's going to put the, you know, the, the beans on the table. Right. And so <clears throat> I think that aspect of it is one of the biggest challenges that, that not only are we facing now, I, I think it's going to be ongoing because I don't think those numbers that you gave are going to get smaller. Right. I, I think, you know, it's just going to continue to get larger and larger because people, the more and more people we have, the more and more people are going to be further removed because quite frankly, nobody is making the effort to go out and learn how to farm or uh, all they know is they go to the grocery store, you know, they, they, they go to the you know fruit and produce section or they go to the meat section or they go to the, you know, the canned product section and, and they get what they want and they get it at, a, at an incredibly affordable rate. Hmm. And, uh, you know, that's all being lost in this mix and you know the, the constant you know regulations and the constant you know almost borderline harassment that farmers and the agriculture industry receives from a consuming public is almost mind-boggling mm. and it, it just it's almost you know it's almost defies logic in how consumers that are getting this safe affordable product don't understand that it's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of things that farmers have to deal with and, and to constantly you know try to establish you know parameters that farmers have to abide by when these people have no clue mm -hmm. as to what actually goes on on a, on a you know on an operational production facility uh is almost is is almost idiotic mm -hmm. and so uh it, it's an ongoing battle and and uh, the one thing i do know is that everybody gets up every day and wants to eat right and i i think until they understand that if they if they if the united states agricultural farm system ever stops producing like it does 
then you know people will then fully understand that how important agriculture is, and they're only going to understand that when they become hungry. Mm. We have never, we've been a society that has never, ever had an opportunity to starve. Mm. Even in the Great Depression, we were able to produce enough food and fiber to take care of our country. Right. And, and there are parts of the world that have, as a result of war or famine or whatever it is, they've had to endure starvation. Hmm. from their you know their society right and and uh, our country has never done that and uh, so all the the bad mouthing and all the you know the negative comments that that go towards agriculture is because you know you know quite frankly our society is is uh, you know uh, fat happy and sassy <laughs> you know and, and I don't mean that in a, in a figurative way I mean the, the bottom line is is that they just don't understand what it's like not to have food whenever right. they want it exactly so yeah no definitely um, Kind of going along the lines of one of the other points you made about how, uh, with new advancements in technology and with you know having you know almost every student in a classroom has a computer nowadays and you know teachers having to find new ways to compete for their attention with that sort of technology apparent, um, it kind of brought to mind the idea that of course you know through your four years of teaching you're probably going to have you're probably you've probably experienced some um, really beneficial parts of, of the job and some you know some disadvantages as well. Uh, would you mind kind of sharing, you know, both sides of that coin there? Well, I think the technology definitely has, you know, there, it definitely has a place in education. I think to make it all encompassing is, 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 is not the right approach. Mm -hmm. I think the right approach is to combine, you know, good practical application where, you know, you're going to have to roll your sleeves up a little bit and get, get work done and then utilize that information you've learned and put it, you know, into use on a computer or, uh, where you can become more efficient. I mean, obviously, you know, the efficiency now is 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 across the board. We you know when we look at the, we have uh, pieces of equipment now, tractors that run a half a million dollars, and uh, you know the old adage is you know you can just take a wrench and a pair of pliers and fix it. Well, no, you're going to start with a computer. You're going to find out what's wrong. You're going to do a diagnostic, and then you're going to look at the possibility of needing something other than maybe just a screwdriver, or a wrench, or, or a pair of pliers mm. to repair it. So. Uh, you know that technology is real, and, and we have to utilize it. But to to, to think that you know, all education is going to be computerized, no. I, I still think that somebody has to go out there and grow those crops. Somebody has to go out there and feed those animals. Somebody has to go out there and process those those crops and, mm -hmm. and animals that are being you know raised by the farmers. And and somebody has to get those processed you know commodities and products to the retail outlets. Mm -hmm. And that requires people that have got to understand that there's still work involved to get it to that final product, and that is our, our consumer. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I have, I, I mean, I, 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 you know, it's it's interesting because I, you know, through the uh, evolvement of my career, you know, I've seen that full transformation from no computers to now where, you know, you, you it's almost all computerized. Right. And, and it's not just computers, it's just the technology is out there, and some of that technology is, is scientific technology. You know, mm -hmm. we have the opportunity to, uh, uh, to produce uh, through the through uh, you know genetically modified uh, you know products that are being uh, grown now, where we can use less water and, and, and less chemicals to produce more yield per acre, and and uh, you know we're going to have over 200, uh, but we're going to have over uh, nine billion people by the by the time we hit about 2050. Mm -hmm. So you know, and I try to explain that to my freshman. It says you know by the time that you know you're you know in your uh, you know your 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 mid to late you know. 30s or 40s, there's going to be 9 billion people on this planet. Right. And when they start putting that in a perspective like that, well, that's the same age as my mom and dad. 
and there's going to be this many people, where, where's, where's another third, you know, growth in population going to be able to, 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 to be? And, right. and how is it going to affect the planet? I mean, you're going to need more space, more resources available to the, to the, to the population in terms of water and, and so forth. And, and you're going to need to grow more with less. Mm. So if people are thinking that, you know, that we are going to be able to produce the food and, and, and the fiber that is needed to feed this population, not only, you know, in, nation, nationally, but internationally, they are out of their minds if mm -hmm. they think we're going to do it, you know, and, and with, with using things just like organic uh, production and so on and so forth. Organic's a nice way to, to farm, and it's, it's certainly, there's a market for it out there, and, it's, and it's a, it is a farming system mm -hmm. that if people want that process, that's fine. But the reality is, is that we're going to have to utilize all the advanced technology we have in order to survive as a human race. And, and, I, and I will say this, that, and I have told this to my students over the course of time, you know, you can, when I ask them what their career choices are, well, I want to do this, or I want to do that, and that's fine. I said, but, you know, for those of you who don't want to be farmers, why? Well, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do, you know, that because it's too much work or I don't want to get dirtier. Well, the bottom line is, as long as there's people on the planet, we're going to need food. Right. And if we stop producing food, there won't be any people on the planet. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. Yep. It is not any more complicated than that. You don't need to have a, a Harvard degree to figure that out. Right. And, um, you know, so all this, you know, all the things that we're dealing with in terms of the challenges and, are real. And uh, they are solvable. Mm -hmm. But people are going to have to understand and learn about the value of agriculture. And I don't see it as being something that we're going to uh, resolve, you know, real soon. I think the only time it will be completely resolved is when food prices get up to that break point where people complain and say, okay, we got to have cheaper food or it's not available. You know, now we're getting hungry. That's when they're fully going to appreciate farmers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, do you think that, kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent here, but do you think that that realization is something that they're going to um, come to pretty soon? Or is it, you know, do you think it might take a little, something a little bit more extreme? Uh, well, which... I, uh, if I had a crystal ball, <laughs> I could tell you. I, I don't know. I hope not. Right. I hope that society, you know, and people in general are smart enough. I, I mean, I think a person is smart enough, but I think people as a group sometimes, uh, you know, kind of get on, uh, you know, off the beaten path a little bit in terms of what's really important. Mm -hmm. And again, it's because, you know, they're fat, happy, and sassy. <laughs> and uh, if they're a little more hungry, they say, let's let the farmers do what needs to be done in order right. to, you know, get everybody fed. Right. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that society, you know, gets it. And right. they get it relatively soon, um, you know. And, and I'm hoping that my grandson, you know, doesn't have to fight this battle, you know, throughout his entire, you know, career mm -hmm. if he chooses to go into education and, and, and into agriculture or production agriculture. But, you know, I, I just hope for the safe sake of, you know, all humanity, that people start to understand what farmers are doing. Mm. And uh, you know, there's still a lot of of land in the world that isn't, you know producing yet that, that can produce I think you know based on the technology we have available uh, we can we can devise crops and, and products that will grow in uh, you know in, in uh, you know very difficult climates or are you know very sparsely uh, you know rough terrains you know we can get stuff to grow mm -hmm. um, but you know that's just something I think is going to be ongoing and it all starts with education right it all starts with education and I don't think educating at the high school level, is where it needs to start. I actually think that, you know, and we have we have education programs, you know, as far down as first grade and second grade now, mm -hmm. that uh, some ag is being taught to the to the elementary school kids, and they need to know. They need yep. to understand where their food and fiber is coming from, and, and 
and that you know that 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 jar of milk doesn't come from a refrigerator in a grocery store; it comes out of a cow. And right. and you know that that hamburger that they're eating, you know, was an animal walking around at one time. Right. And and so, you know, these are the kinds of things that that all agriculturalists, every aspect of agriculture, everybody, needs to be out promoting and advocating what agriculture is doing because then at least you know for a fact that the information that's coming out of those folks is correct. Right. The information that's coming out of groups and organizations that have a political agenda uh, is tainted. Mm -hmm. And it, it, quite frankly, isn't necessarily the truth. Right. And uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really important that, that, you know, all agriculture, all aspects of agriculture uh, makes a concerted effort to make that a priority in their, their operation. Yeah. No, I completely agree, especially about the, um, you know, having to teach kids at, you know, an extremely young age, I think that it's, you know, pretty important that we start teaching them. I, I always, you know, ask the question, you know, when do we stop teaching kids that milk comes from cows or, or that, you know, that their burger was event, was at one point a, uh, a sear or a bowl or at some point that their pig's going to become bacon, you know. It's something that I learned when I was growing up and something that I, I think somewhere along the line we kind of just either kids in school at some point stopped learning about it or we stopped reinforcing that idea and eventually they just forgot it or something, you know, happened along the way that made them lose track of what's, you know, what's really going on. And um, it's something that I think that like Ag in the Classroom, for example, is doing a good job of where they have a whole lot of new um, like classroom activities to do with young kids to try to get them more into agriculture and more aware of what they're eating. And so, yeah, I, I agree with your point. I think that we need to be focusing on the younger generations on you know, educating them before it's too late and they start being fed the... the well, I think the, the <coughs> problem is, too, a lot of times, you know, the young people, if they're not being educated, you know, about the, the basics of agriculture, if they're being influenced by... You know, uh, parents at home, and and you know, I, I've I've and all the times I've been in the classrooms, you know, I'll have a kid that say, well, I'm vegetarian, or my parents are vegan, or you know, uh, you know, quite frankly, I don't care, <laughs> because no matter what they're eating, they're eating an agricultural commodity. Right. If they choose not to eat meat, you know, that's fine, uh, but they're going to be eating something. Right. And they're going to be eating something that a farmer has grown. So I don't care. It really makes no difference to me what you know, uh, you know, what you choose to consume. But you're consuming an agricultural commodity or product, yep. you know, whether it be plant-based, animal-based, it's irrelevant. You are consuming an agricultural commodity. And so to sit there and say, well, I don't want to, I don't want to eat meat products. Okay, that's fine. Maybe you don't, but somebody else does. Right. And, uh, you know, so, you know, people just need to understand that just because they have a certain lifestyle, that their lifestyle isn't necessarily the, the, the correct lifestyle. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're eating food, whether it be plant, animal, it doesn't really make any difference it still is a is a consumable food product that is going to be beneficial to the health and well-being of our society yeah no, i agree completely so getting back a little bit to the um the ag teacher job description um when i was doing the episode with Lindsay, we, we talked about how you know it was an ag teacher appreciation episode and we talked about um how we view what ag teachers do through us from from you know the student perspective seeing them come out on you know after school hours and helping us with our projects or talking to us you know when um, when they don't have necessarily time to do so and talking to us about what's going on in in our lives and that sort of thing all the things that they do outside of just teaching us about agriculture um from the i, I kind of just like to know what that experience is like from the from the teacher side of it well i think i think that the most important thing is in terms of being a really good ag teacher is that you have to understand that that you you teach uh from eight to three and then you work from three to eight <laughs> and uh you know that and that's kind of the deal because to truly be a good ag teacher, you have to understand that there's going to be a lot of hours after school, on weekends, during the summer, 
it's 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 kind of like you know growing you know products our uh, education is the same way you're constantly you know working with kids all year round it's not a there's really no true summer break or there's no true break and so when you come into ag education it's, it's kind of a, a unique beast mm. uh, I mean there are a lot of highly qualified teachers that you know will 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 teach the core curriculum the core classes you know 10 months out of the year uh, and then try to you know they try to reboot during the summer a little bit and give them a chance to catch their breath because the challenges inside of a classroom and the stress and strain in a classroom is, is far greater now than I think it's ever been and so if you know if I was a young teacher coming today uh, you know it, 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 it almost be one to think about well how much you know of this do I want to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis so as an ag teacher though you the, the, the thing that makes the job worthwhile is you get to see your students growth and development from a a 14-year-old freshman to an 18-year-old and then turn into a young adult mm -hmm. and then go out and they're, they're working in the world of work and at 40, 40 years in the classroom, in my case, I not only have had seen students come through, I'm seeing, I'm seeing their children come through now. I haven't seen a grandchild yet, but if, you know, if, <laughs> I, if I had one, I'd have been out of here already. But I have a lot of former students' kids sitting in my classroom and, and I had the, you know, a lot of these former students and uh, you know, some were great students and some were you know, good students. Some were marginal students and some were bad students. Mm. And the, the funny thing is, is that when I noticed that these kids come in, well, I had your mom or I had your dad, and you know, and then you see what kind of kid they produce, and it's a pretty good student doing a good job. And, and sometimes it's from a you know, great student when they were, the, the parents were in high school, or no, they've grown up. Mm. And that's the real key right there, is to watch <laughs> our growth and development, to get to see this young kid turn into a, to a, a young adult and a, and a and a you know a, a positive product of society, you know, and, and giving back to the community and so on and so forth. That's that's the real reward in being an ag teacher. Uh, you know, they, they they pay us to do the job, but the real payment is really coming from and the satisfaction and the gratification in, in what we do and all those extra hours is the the relationships that you develop in the job with the kids. Mm. And a lot of times, you know, it far exceeds the general relationship that most teachers are going to get because. If you don't have the time to spend outside of a classroom, you know, with 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 a, with a student, uh, either in the evenings or after school or on weekends or whatever, or the summers, and you get a chance to find out what really makes that kid tick, what their home lives are like, you know, and 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 the whole thing, and it almost puts you in a capacity of of uh, a mentor, uh, you know, a guidance counselor, uh, sometimes a pseudo parent. <laughs> I mean, you know, you have you you wear a lot of hats. Yeah. You know, when you're an ag teacher and and. Uh, and you, you know, you just have to understand that that's you know, that's that's the deal when you start to do it. And and so, if, if when I talk to young ag teachers now or, or students that are going to become ag teachers, I try to get them to understand that you know, as long as you're willing to work hard and can relate to the kids, you're going to be a successful ag teacher. Because the bottom line is, if you don't necessarily teach them everything they need to know out of a textbook or out of a computer now, mm -hmm. if you're teaching them life skills that are going to benefit them as they get into you know, college, or they get into the world of work, and 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 give them the basics of understanding that you know, being honest and hardworking, and 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 uh, you know, uh, you know, good with people, uh, is is ultimately what you want to do, and they'll be successful. They will be successful in life. They will be successful as as uh, you know, employees or employers. They will be successful as parents. Mm -hmm. They'll they'll be successful as spouses. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It's mm -hmm. all interconnected. And that's how it all works. And that's what 
being an ag teacher. And that part of it hasn't changed in 40 years. Hmm. So, you know, the, the relationships that I had back then and the relationships that I have right now uh, and, and that connectivity with the young people uh, is, you know, what really makes an ag teacher successful and, and, and somebody that the students are going to remember forever and ever. They're not going to remember a great test you gave. <laughs> you know, uh, they're going to remember something that you did, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, an act of kindness or, you know, went out of your way to help them with a, a sick animal or went, you know, spent the extra hours to make them really good at a leadership activity mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Those are the things they're going to remember. And so, you know, when I get you know, done here in, in the next few months, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, when we get together and, and I run into my former students, you know, and I still I've been having it happen for a long time. <laughs> but that's the part that, OK, that that's where I really feel good about what I did. You know, I mean, uh, the high school district is going to pay me to do a job so I can put some beans on the table and, you know, have some clothes that were on a roof over my head. But the real rewarding payment is going to be in watching those young people develop. Mm. Well, I'm definitely glad to uh, hear you say that. You know, it's nice to know. I mean, coming from the <clears throat> coming from high school, I mean, you have a lot of like your, your main campus teachers where like, it's hard to tell whether or not they care about you or if they just, you know, they're trying to just teach you what to teach you because they're trying to get their paycheck. There are some here and there that you're pretty, you know, uh, able to connect with, but I haven't met an ag teacher yet that hasn't shown that they care about their students and, you know, and just taking that extra mile to really, you know, uh, get into their lives and help them be better at what they do. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, that the ag teachers have a, a, a lot more opportunities to to get connected with the kids mm-hmm. unlike you know a, a normal you know classroom teacher that you know and there are a lot of really really good classroom teachers that <laughs> that really connect well with kids just based on the opportunities they have within their own classroom right uh, but when you start looking at the teachers that you know will be advisors to certain programs or their coaches on the campus mm-hmm. you know that's kind of like an ag teacher where they're, they're getting above and beyond and there are a lot of really good compassionate caring teachers uh, in the system and and, and there are some, you know, some ag teachers that don't get it. And they usually will not survive, mm. you know, very long in the industry. Uh, or they just simply won't have a lot of students who want to work with them. And then the kids are the, have, a, have almost a sixth sense when it comes to understanding or realizing if, if a teacher truly cares about, mm. you know, them and, and what they're doing and what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're always going to get kids that, that don't pick it up fast, you know, as fast as others. But... The bottom line is, is that they'll, they will, you know, they will see it if you work hard enough at it. And, mm. and so I think that's the important thing. So as a young teacher coming in right now, and, and, and you know, you're, you're one of a number that we have <laughs> that are out there right now, they're going to become teachers. Um, you have, uh, you know, the right tools uh, to be successful, I think, because you've watched the models that you've had, you know, uh, at this program and and kind of in general just you know in ag, ag education in general mm-hmm. watching other teachers as well not just the ones within your own high school uh those are the the models you want to follow mm-hmm. no, no, that's the you know the the replicas you want to you know to try to you know become and so i think that's that's kind of the bottom line and and uh and you know there's a lot of demand there's a lot of opportunities for young people that that want to go into ag education there's a lot more demand there is supply and that's always a good position to be in right and it's been like that for the last 15 to 20 years there has not been enough uh, qualified young teachers coming out to meet the, the, the demands of the job in the industry yeah I definitely agree um, I think the last question I have for you is just for 
for someone entering the ag education, and you kind of talked about it a little bit just now, but for someone entering the ag education escape uh, and wanting to be an ag teacher or wanting to be in, in that career field, what advice would you have for them? Well, I, I think that, it, you know, I kind of touched on a few of things. The number one thing is just be willing to work hard, mm. you know, and, and, and that's kind of thing. Uh, be receptive and understand that you're going to be dealing with a lot of different kinds of kids inside of a classroom and that, you know, they, they have different personalities, they have different needs and, 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 and so forth. And you, you, you got to try to find that spot in the middle where you can kind of meet the needs of them all without, you know, you definitely don't want to play favorites. You want to, you know, try to treat them, you know, treat everybody the same in the classroom and run your classroom consistently day in and day out. That's mm -hmm. one of the things that some teachers, if they're, uh, you know, if they're, if they have inconsistent personalities and they're moody some days and, and, uh, you know, and happy as a clam the next day, students, you know, don't know what to expect. And right. if you go in there and you're consistent and, and, uh, you know, they, they know you're working hard for them and, and you come in and you have something to, to, to teach them with, uh, I mean, obviously now with all the technology, you can kind of put on a show for them and entertain <laughs> if you want and, and so many resources. But the bottom line is be willing to work hard and try to relate to the students, you know, and understand where they're coming from as much as possible. And I can assure you it's not any more complicated than that. You will be extremely successful for 40 years. <laughs> uh, and that's how it works. So, uh, and I think that, you know, that, that, that there's still a great need for good qualified young teachers, you know, not all kids are going to learn something out of a, a book or out of a computer. Right. They have to go out there and be taught. This is how you grow this product, or this is how you raise this animal, or this is how, you know, you you do this. And so, it's really really important. So, uh, and I and I and I hope we we'll, you know we continue to find good people that want to teach because I can't think of a more rewarding, you know, discipline to be teaching than teaching people how to feed themselves. Right. So. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, those are all the questions I had for you. So, I mean, if you have any anything else you want to add on. Um. No, I think it's, uh, I, I probably said, you know, plenty. <laughs> and uh, I, I just hope that, you know, they, that, that, you know, somebody gets something out of this and that, you know, it, it uh, will pay dividends down the road for them. That's kind of the important thing. So, uh, and I want to thank you for doing this. This was fun. Yeah. And uh, if you ever need any more, uh, you know, insight or <laughs> Uh, I'll be more than happy to share it with you. So thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate okay. it. Thank okay. you. Very good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'd like to thank all of our uh, audience for tuning in. And uh, yeah, I'd like to uh, wish Mr. Chano here a uh, happy retirement. And I, I'm sad to see him go, but I know it's not the last time I'll see him. So, I mean, not really worth getting sad over. But yeah, that's all I have for you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget, if you ate today, thank a farmer. Mm -hmm.